0: Welcome back to another edition of the Dato Download Podcast, a part of the Peristyle Podcast family of shows. I'm your host, Shotgun Spratling, alongside my co-host, Jack Smith. And we're here to bring you the latest on the USC Trojans baseball program, the greatest college baseball program in all the land, having won 12 national championships through the years. Jack, how are we doing today?
1: Doing well. we got a lot to cover, so I'll leave it it at that.
0: (laughs) How has your travel been? Your home game travel, if you will, as you... Had to go down to Irvine for USC's opening weekend after going to LMU, which is technically a away game, but will be the home field for the Trojans as well. Uh, what, what's uh, the travel back and forth been like
1: for you? Well, I'll say I got to go down to Irvine. Didn't have to do it, got to do it. It was really fun. <laughs> USC's got the place tricked out. You know, I, I had been to Great Life be- or Great Park before and was curious to see what it would look like. They've got banners all over the place. They've built a batter's eye out in center field. Uh, they can put stuff on the video board. And my favorite part was there are. 12 pillars around the concourse, and each one has a different banner for each of USC's 12 national championships. So I thought that was a cool touch. Got to talk with uh, Jacob Breams, the USC SID, and he said they didn't have a lot of time to throw it together, but I think they did a good job. Now the 250 or so miles that I had to travel over the weekend to get there and back, not ideal, uh, but it was a really good opening weekend and I was happy to be there
0: yeah you are putting in the work going back and forth from Irvine while the team gets to stay down there going down Thursday
1: nights I will say the team has to stay down there I would not want to sacrifice my entire weekend I got to sleep in my own bed I got to do at least a little bit of something on Saturday morning I don't want to have to stay down there that would be a lot
0: I would rather just be down there not be traveling back and forth but I also travel all over the place I was in the Bay Area catching I think I ended up at seven or eight games this weekend after 11 last weekend and Arizona. So this weekend I'm looking for a little bit calmer weekend, but Yeah, that's right. For any newcomers to the podcast this baseball season, USC doesn't have access to their home field, Ado Field. This season, because it's undergoing major reconstruction, this week was our first opportunity to see what things would look like with the Trojans on the road for their home games. Now, I definitely want to pick your brain about this a little bit more, Jack, but first, we are fortunate during a busy week where USC is going to play a future Big Ten rival and then two top ten teams in Texas to be joined by USC head coach Andy Stankowicz, after a rough start of the season, Andy and the Trojans were able to get off the schneid with back-to-back wins over a solid Portland team to take their first weekend series. Now they will look to build on that this week against some stellar opponents. Andy, thanks as always for taking the time to join the Dato Download podcast.
2: Shotgun, my my pleasure, Jack. Good good to see you guys. Well, what, I'm curious, uh, Shotgun. You go.
0: Well, let, let's just start with uh, you. Start out zero and five, um, and a lot of people in my, my mentions are saying this season's already over. And I try to tell them, Hey, it's, it's not, it's not football. It's not, you know, it's five games of football. It's a portion of the season, but how did you go about, you know, when you have expectations coming the season and you start off such so slow, what was kind of the the way you approached it with the team, trying to get them back on track and get
2: going? Well, it's, it's, it certainly was, you know, you, you, you take the field, with the with the goal to win, and and when you don't in five straight you know efforts, you, you get a little frustrated. And you, in and, uh, I think my my word is stay together, stay you know, no, don't start. What happens in baseball and happens in any team sports, everyone starts kind of pointing fingers, and you know, we're not we're not winning because of the F. We're not we're not we're not winning, plain and simple. We're not winning because we're all, and that and when I say all, oh, I mean me as well. And our coaching staff, and so we're all we're all in this together. And so we're just like, hey, we just stay together, stay in it, keep working, um, keep staying positive, um, don't let it snowball. And I think a lot of our guys, you know, from an offensive standpoint, you know, you get off a little bit of a slow start, you start putting pressure on yourself, and you every bad is is a huge bat. Every guy that's at second base and they're running a scoring position, and you're hitting is a huge run because you want to be the guy you want to, and it's just. I know this baseball is difficult. And if you try to play it, you know, with putting pressure on yourself, you're really going to make it more difficult. And so I think that's part of it. You know, I just say, man, just stay the course. Don't the long way to go. I say, Hey man, if there's a time to slow, be slow. It's now. Um, and if we can just kind of learn from what we're going through now and make us a better team moving forward, I think it's, it's all, it's all, it's all, it's all going to be a success. But if if it, if we're not learning anything in these tough moments, then, then we're going to be continue to be frustrated. So um, just stay positive, you know. Keep coming to, to the game with a great effort and great attitude, and and so we um, felt like we were going to get it moving in the right direction. We still got a long way to go, shotgun. I mean, um, hey, yeah, we've got seven games in of fifty six, so we've, we're we're a long ways away. Um, so just keep keep showing up every day and keep working hard, and and uh, we we'll, we'll be fine.
1: I know you mentioned the idea of pointing fingers and not to point fingers, but the offense was kind of slow to start the season. I'm not going to make you dive in on what was going wrong. But after the shutout on Friday, you guys get the walk-off on Saturday and a real hit parade yesterday on Sunday. How do you feel like the, the walk-off win as well as the series win in total can energize this group going
2: forward? Well, I think it's always, you know, Jack, you got, anytime you get a walk-off, you know, for your first win in home, it's going to be pretty exciting. And, and it, I think it kind of like it was a little 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 jolt, little little jump start to kind of guess going yesterday relatively soon and, and get moving. Now I'll tell you what, um Portland's Friday night guy is is real. The guy can pitch, man. That, that he is a he is a pitcher. And the Saturday guy that we that we we beat, um, he was an Oregon State kickback and um it is it is it is as powerful a fastball and breaking ball as we'll see. I'm just telling you. I'm just I told the guys, you just beat a really 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 good pitcher, a guy that's gonna going have a lot of success in the game. Now he's he's not near the pitcher the Friday night guy was, but power, power, breaking ball, power fastball. Um, we're, we're not going to see too many like him. And so I said, hey man, you did a great job um, against a, a really a really a really big arm. And so. Um, that was big, man, and then and then to come back yesterday and kind of keep it moving, you know, it's it's winning is just like, winning is contagious, but losing it can be contagious too, right? It just it's two different forms of it, right? And so we just just let stay on the winning side of it right, as we move forward. Um, but it was it was a good it was a good 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 two days, Jack. Thanks.
0: What do you feel like you figured out so far, and what are you still learning about this group?
2: Well, we're still trying to figure out. You know, when we came in, I thought. Our pitching staff was, was, was going to be very good or solid. And I still do, but, but, um, has got to get better. And I'm people think coach, you're, you're tough. You you say things in public about your guys, but that's okay. They're tough young men. The Kenoki would say that I gotta be better. Eric Hammond was not good yesterday. And he would tell you right in your face, shotgun and Jackie would tell you, I gotta be better. Um, and so, um, those two got to be better on a weekend um, and then our relievers have done okay um, you know we we got we got to control the strike zone better um, out of the bullpen um, we got some good arms down there but we got we got a couple occasions where our bullpens come in and, and walk the leadoff guy and in leadoff inning you know and it's like it, it, we just scored a couple runs and and you know everybody talks about shutdown innings. when you score a couple of runs and two or three or whatever when when you come back and play now you want to you want to do a shutdown and and we're walking guys um you know and so it's that's a little frustrating so we got ways to go there still and um and so it's okay it's it's the way it's the way it is typically early in the year offensively we got to We got to control the strike zone better from an offensive standpoint. Yesterday we had a good game, but I thought we probably was either three-one count or a three-two count where we swung a ball four, we put it in play, and um, they got out. And so we—that's not good hitting. That we've got to know the strike zone and take ball four. Um, I think it's part of our development. We talk about a lot. I'm not telling a guy to go up there with with. The, you know I want to walk but if if you don't get a good pitch to swing it, don't don't hit don't don't swing the bat and our guys um i I don't think they're selfish they just aren't controlling the strike zone better and so or they need, they need to control it better um so there's there's certainly some things there we, you know we got a young guy playing third base um called Rubius who played the middle of the diamond he's it's been a little bit of a college baseball third base is the toughest position in college baseball to play in my opinion um you have to play in. A lot of teams bunt. Um, you got predominantly right handed hitters, um, big, thick right handed hitters that are strong. They got aluminum bat in their hand. You got you got you got fastballs at 88 to 90, and so they're gonna get they're gonna get a ton of action. And so he's he's so it's a rude awakening for him. He's um, he's on natural grass and it's wet, and the ball's jumping, and he's trying to figure out, you know, what get a hop, and so it's been a little bit of a struggle for him, but um Emiko Rubis is going to be a great baseball player in this program. Um um there's no doubt in my mind. He's trying to learn a different position and so it's hasn't been easy for him and so we got to find out if can we keep him there, you know, um should we keep him there because he's shown us some something with the bat for sure. He's competitive in the batter's box. Um I like his uh, ABs. So I don't wanna lose his bat, but I gotta find a spot for him where he feels comfortable on the defensive side, so that's a big part of it and so Jacob galloway has been been fantastic, but who's his backup? I can't catch him every single day he's he's not a big guy. I just gotta make sure i'm gonna gonna make sure he's gonna be healthy and strong for a for a long haul here and so um you know our awful situation is over has gotta get better. I think you guys know that everybody's you know. You know, maybe criticizing me because I'm batting him eighth and ninth. Well, I don't really care what the pre, pre, he's a pre-season a All-American, preseason this or that. That doesn't mean nothing to me. Um, never has, never will. What means something to me is how oh, you're producing on the baseball field. And if he's not producing, um, and he's fine. He gets it. He's not swinging about well. And so he goes to the bottom and try to get his swing right. Top of the lineup. I need to put people at the top of the lineup that I want to get more at-bats. And he's not somebody that I want to get more at bats right now. It's not that complicated. It really isn't. And so, um, so, but I'm hoping that he will be. I'm hoping that he will get it moving. And, and so we do put him back to the top. And I mean, I think that's where we certainly would, would feel like we're the we're the best, right, with him at the top of the lineup. But uh, um, he's got to show us that he wants to use the middle of the diamond. And he wants to hit the ball the other way on the ground and use his split speed. Ground balls to first base and ground balls to second base and fly balls to left field don't, aren't going to work. Um, and so it's up to him. At some point, he's got to want to make an adjustment. It's, it's He's in the batter's box. I'm not. So um, we'll see.
1: Obviously, there's a lot of individual guys we can ask about, and we'll ask about a couple of them. But I'm curious about what the push and pull has been like for the offensive approach. Because when you guys were in Arizona, a lot of balls hit to the track. Obviously, bigger stadiums didn't get out. But... Yesterday nine hits and I think only one of them was an extra base hit, the the home run from Kaikea Harrison. Do you feel like that is a team that you guys are built more to be a team that has a lot of singles, walks, moves guys over as opposed to a team that's gotta elevate the baseball and try and hit home runs to win?
2: Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't, we're not. Nobody here is I think is a big we have some big thick guys, but they're not they haven't shown us contact contact wins. Um, and we not, we have a contact, we haven't made contact enough to say, okay, let's just go up there and keep swinging big and trying to hit home runs. Um that don't it ain't gonna work. Um now maybe someday, I don't know, maybe someday we'll get some a lineup with with the bigger, burly, stronger guys that we want hit a lot of fly balls, but um we've been successful the last two days because we took our base up the middle, we took our backside ground ball, um, our line drive back up the middle, right? Um, um uh Ethan Hedges, when he won the game for us off the bench, it was an off speed pitch that hung and he hit the ball where it should have been pitched. He he pulled it in the in the in the left center field gap because it was an off speed that hung. And that's what you should do. Right. Kaikea hit a home run yesterday on the ball down and in, right? And got inside of it nicely and hit it to the pull side, but that's where that ball should go. We just we talk about just hitting the ball where it's pitched, right? And and so if 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 they're fastballs sliders away, off speed pitches are away, then 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 go ahead and, and take your offside base hit. Those those I know this, you can't score a run until you get to first base. I don't I know the big leaguers say hit doubles and and those are big, strong young adult men that have been swinging a bat for a long time. Um and um we're not we're not we're not there. We've got to, we've got to take our bases up the middle.
0: Yeah, you've had some of those older guys, uh, you know, some of those thicker guys that started the season in the lineup, and you've replaced them with some freshmen just trying to get a jolt in there a little bit, it seems like. And some of those freshmen ha- have shown out. Uh, what have you thought about those youngsters that you put in there when you do return such a, an, an experienced lineup and you've added a couple of uh, older transfer pieces? So it seemed like the lineup would be – Difficult for freshmen to get in, but you've put some uh, faith in some of those freshmen, and they've rewarded you. Uh, what have you seen out of, out of that group so far?
2: Well, um like I said, Avery cobrubius is—he's you know disregard you know the defense because and again he's he's a much better defender, and he's going to be he's going to be he's going to be really really good. But his bats have been been competitive, and he, he lets the ball get deep. He's not—he's not. I don't see any fear in the batter's box, and he's um, Andrew Lamb he's kind of come on the last two days where you're like, Hey man, let's put lamb out there and he can hit. Right. Um, You know, it's a position spot for him. He came in as a catcher. I don't know if that's something that he's ready to do yet. And so um, I know he put some outfield in high school. And so put him out in the outfield and he, he was, you know, running them down fine and, and showing some arm strength and in his installing program. I'm like, Hey, let's just, let's get him some at bats out there in the outfield. And he's, He's come in and put some really nice at bats together for us. And he, he, he knows use the middle of the diamond. He's not trying to pull off the baseball and hit a bunch of home runs. He's just trying to, to, to get on base. Just that's it. Put a good at bat together, get a good pitch, put a good swing on it. And then we'll see where it goes. So I think he is a guy that's, it's really, really shown the ability to handle the bat. Right. And so, um, yeah, they're, they're, those are some guys that have just kind of had quality quality of bats for us. And I think that's what every coach would tell you. We're not, we're not we just want good quality of bats and he's been able to to do it too. And those two guys have been 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 very good. Um, Kevin takaguchi he's gonna be a big part of it, right? And um and so he's gonna kind of nice hitter, he's infielder, but he's athletic, he can play some outfield as well. So we just gotta, as we move forward in the season, we've got to find where, where can we put these guys. At a position to where they're comfortable, and we we can get their 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 batting the lineup. And so he's a guy that's a swing guy that can play some second, can play some left, can play some right. Um, um. So um, you know, I gave Deuce a shot out there, in, in in uh, Robinson, he did he did he did fine. It's just a it's a it's still a a work in progress, just because he hasn't played as much baseball. But every day he puts a bat in his hand and he goes in the batting cage and he takes swings. He gets better. He gets better. Now, is it going to be to the point where we think, hey, he needs to be an everyday right fielder or left fielder? I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll, time will tell.
1: You mentioned that starting pitching, something, especially Caden and Eric, have to get better. As the season goes on, for those big three starting pitchers with Caden and Tyler and Eric, what's one thing, maybe each, that you want to see them improve on that can take their game to the next level?
2: Well, I think Aoki would tell you, too, he's got to, he's got to, he has breaking ball in a, in a better spot. You know, he left some breaking balls up, and he's got he's got hit a little bit. He's got you know good good college hitters. If you miss, they, they take advantage of it, and that's what's that's what's happened to him, right? And Prolin got some big strong guys. He struck out a bunch of guys, but when when they got him, they got him. They got him for some some you know they scored some some I think it was Homer a double, and, and they kind of took advantage of some some balls up in the zone. So I think he's just got to get get down in the zone again right get back down where he's can be more effective and then uh um, strongberg was was did a great job you know gave us six kind of for whatever reason kind of ran out of ran out of gas a little bit and we tried to run him back back out there for the seventh I don't know why because his pitch count was was still low 73 or 74 so it wasn't like he was even close to 100 and so but um I think it you know anytime your starter can can get you six or even seven. I mean, I think as you guys know, that's a big deal. Um, but he's been, he's been, you know, his first outing out in Arizona wasn't as good, but it was the second one was was solid. He was spinning his breaking ball, um, but running the running the fastballs in and out and um good changeup. So he he did a nice job. But um Hammond was just up on his own yesterday He just just couldn't get on top of his breaking ball, and everything was up everything was up and looked like his fastball was flat. And um, that's not where he needs to be, man. We need, we need that, that guy to get it moving. Um, um, so it's, and then, you know, we got to find out who's, shoot, if if, the, if one of the, nothing's guaranteed in life, right? And so if someone starts doing it well on, on the Tuesday or right, or a midweek out of the bullpen, or I don't know, competition brings out the best in all of us. Right? If you know somebody's breathing over your shoulder, where well, you're like, ooh, i better I better keep it moving." Um, and so um, that goes for position players as well. so we we need to, we need to, everybody needs to keep 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 making sure they're moving the needle and, and getting better. and so I, I think those three know that, hey man, there's some young young guys here that are that want want the ball in their hand. um so we we need to keep we need to get it moving.
0: There's so much we can kind of break down of individual players and, you know, trying to get guys on track and some other guys that have gotten off to, to good starts. But I got to ask you about playing play away from home, your home away from home, playing at Irvine, playing at LMU the, this past week. What was the experience like uh, your first week of being your, road, you know, your your home away from home, playing away from campus, but playing technically home games?
2: Um, well, it was a little different, you know. It was uh, Thursday night. We went down. We we have class usually on Thursday. We work out at you know two to four or five, and then the, the, the visiting team comes in and works out from six to eight. And so you're you're off the field by by five, and you got some rest, and you can go back to your dorm. Well, we we Portland took the field first on Thursday. um, and so we came in later because our guys have class. We're taking afternoon classes. So we couldn't leave campus until, shoot, it was probably 5.30, almost 6. So by the time we got to Great Park to work out, it was 7, 7.30. So you have your two-hour workout, and it's 9.30. And by the time you get back on the bus, it's like, you know, it's just late. It's later. So that's just different than what you're used to. And um, But... the 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 great park has done a great job of of fixing up the stadium Uh, The university has done a really nice job of kind of branding it up as best we can um our grounds crew spent some time over there you know last week fixing the mound and and um working with their grounds crew to help them kind of kind of you know just teach them some nice tricks of the trade and so um the field was actually was in good shape it was um um, yeah, really, it's 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 what you couldn't really ask for more. I mean, we're in Irvine, we're in a nice place. University is, we don't have to go go to Irvine every day and come back. We're we're staying at a, a hotel. We have accommodations there in Irvine, so we're we're close to the field. Um, um, it's just it's just nuances, right? The batting cages aren't connected to the field, and you got to kind of walk up, and so there's just there's little things there that that are different than we're all used to, but you know it's it's, we're going to, it's our home. And so I think the more we play there, the more we'll get accustomed, you know, in the, in the rhythm of a game day, we'll start to become even better and guys will have their routines in place and understand, you know, what time they do what and how we're going to do it. And so um, I think that just, it takes a moment in time. And, and, you uh, know, you know, we try to go down there um, right before opening weekend, we did. And you know, we, we played a weekend series just to try to, Get a feel for the stadium and all that, and so that was helpful. But, but I think the more we play there, shotgun, I think the more we'll, we'll get we'll get accustomed and, and get more comfortable.
1: Got to get accustomed to two new fields this week. One last question for you: Real tough schedule as you guys play Michigan uh, at LMU for your first home game there, and then head out about as far as you will during the regular season to Texas to play two top ten opponents. What what are you thinking as you look ahead to these? you know, three teams that you're going to play in four games this week, considering, you know, you have the big 10 preview for next year and then two really, really good teams out at globe life.
2: Well, I'm thinking about tomorrow, right. First and foremost, right. Again, I can't get too far ahead of ourselves. We've got Michigan tomorrow. We'll obviously try to get on some, some computer work here and try to get as much as information as we can from our scouting stuff and, and get a good feel for, for who we're facing tomorrow. Um, now, and, and I think, you know, TCU is undefeated, and maybe even A and do not I don't, I don't know. I know they've been all been playing very, very good. on Both of those squads, um, well coached, right, skilled athletes, all of it. And um, this is what we need to do. I this is this is how we need to do it. I don't, I don't. We need to get become one of the premier college baseball programs in the, in the country. We have to play the TCU's and the A M's and. And, and the Michigans and all, and all of them. We have to. We have to do this. This is important um, for our development as a program. And so, certainly going to be a great challenge. Um, first challenge is Michigan, and then we'll, 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 we'll move on from there. But it's all a challenge. I Maybe mean, you, you, you play great opponents, but at the same time, you just you got to play good baseball. If we play good baseball, we got a shot. Whether you play in TCU or AM or Michigan or, or Ohio State or Portland, if you don't play good baseball. It really it doesn't matter. You're, you're gonna get you're, you're gonna get embarrassed and you're gonna be frustrated. And so, I think that's part of the. I think uh, having guys understand that yes, we're gonna play these great opponents, but but if we just play really really solid fundamental baseball, we 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 throw strikes down the zone. We play really good defense, right? We're competitive on a strike zone and at, at the plate. We run the base bases really smart and aggressive. We got a shot. If we don't we don't do those, it doesn't matter if we're playing TCU or playing. We're playing Torrance High School JV team. It doesn't matter. You're going to be frustrated. So that's part of the growth of our program. Is wherever we go, we got to, we got to play good baseball. And if we do, we got a shot. If we don't, it's going to be frustrating.
0: I mean, I've heard those Torrance uh, JV teams are, are pretty rough these, these days. They're just beating up on opponents and stuff. So they very well there's moments <laughs> where they can beat up on on
2: just about anybody, probably. <laughs>
0: Andy, thanks so much for the time. We really appreciate it. You know you got a packed week this week. Uh, it'll be interesting tomorrow. You get to face off uh, against Tracy Smith. Uh, you guys will next year be conference rivals after being basically city rivals uh, at Grand Canyon and Arizona State. So uh, fun good. little matchup there. They're just coming from Michigan or from uh, Texas from playing in one of those tournaments. So uh, maybe you can pick his brain a little bit about uh, the global life setting and whatnot. But uh, we for really sure. appreciate you taking the time, as always, to, to join us on the Daily Download. Jack shotgun. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. Later. With that, we'll take our break and then Jack and I will return to further breakdown last week's action and then take a look forward at this week's difficult schedule for the Trojans. Welcome back from the break. Make sure to check out our sponsors. Also please like subscribe and review the podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that. It helps grow the show. Also, if you have any questions, comments, requests, you can send them in at Podcast at uscfootball.com. Just make sure you put Dato Download, the baseball pod, the woman Jack on it, whatever in the headline to make sure it gets directed to us. We actually have an email. We'll get to that in just a minute, Jack. You can also request someone for a future guest of the show. If there's someone special you think we need to get this person on, let us know. Just like we had Annie Stankwitz on, just like we've had Travis Jewett, Seth Atherton earlier in our season previews, we're going to hope to get some players as well this season. But, Jack, before I get to that email, Give us a recap. What happened for the Trojans this week? You were there for all of it. Uh, You know, the Trojans had a game rained out on Tuesday. They did not get to play their first, quote, unquote, home game at LMU. So then on Wednesday, they went to LMU as an away team. Uh, Walk us through what happened this week for the Trojans in their four games.
1: Yeah, two and two week. I actually didn't make it out to that game against LMU. I would have been there for UCSD, but that one did get rained out. So, I was supposed to have five games. That day feels like a really long time ago, considering how the weekend <laughs> went. Uh, just a not a boring game, but a, a tough game for USC on Friday. Just not a lot of production from USC on either side, offense or defense. Shut out for the first time in the Andy Stankowitz era. But I will give USC a lot of credit. They bounced back. They had a 5-0 lead on Saturday, blew the lead, and still were able to pick up the win. Ethan Hedges with a big walk-off. Uh, good way to get your first win of the season at your at your home stadium for the second time of the year on a walk-off in the ninth inning with two outs. So that was a big win for USC. And they parlayed that into a series win on Sunday. Just a better group effort Nine hits, only one of them was an extra base hit. Uh, And as you heard Andy Stankiewicz say, that's kind of the team that they're built to be. But that was a much cleaner baseball game, easily the best we've seen from USC all season. And they kind of ran away with it in the rubber match. So you think back to that LMU loss and then the the loss on Friday for the 0-5 start, it feels like that's a little bit ago now because USC was able to right the ship and win the last two games of the weekend. So obviously, not the start USC was looking for. But as they head into this week, I think you have a little bit of a different feeling than definitely did coming off of Friday with the zero five start.
0: Yeah, definitely they they you know they built a little bit of momentum and they feel I think they feel like okay now we're going because. You know, they uh, they could have easily been overpowered on Saturday, too. Uh, like Andy Stankiewicz talked about, Sam Sturr, the starter for Portland, has some power stuff. Um, I don't know what he was uh, – I don't know if you have the velocities from that game, but, you know, he's been up to 95, 96, maybe 97 for Portland in their preseason stuff, I, their coaching staff told me. So, you know, power-breaking ball as well. So he could easily have overpowered USC's batters, and instead they found a way to start getting some hits. and That was – attack in the middle of the field, not trying to do too much, just like Andy Sanko has talked about. And they pick pick up eight hits on him, chase him out of the game in the fifth inning, put up five runs, and then, you know, they were able to – to they let uh, uh, Portland come back. But then to get the big walk-off and get that sigh of relief, <gasps> okay. And it actually started, I thought, the half inning before that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Portland has a runner on third base. And they get out of the jam, don't give up the lead, even though Portland's kind of built the momentum. You know, after USC started out, what up, five nothing, you know, them coming back in the seventh inning, eighth inning, they tie it up or the home run and they get a runner on third in the ninth and not score, I think was big. And then I actually texted you and said, Oh, here comes a walk off. So you know, I called that one. Just let you know out there.
1: i Well, at first I thought you jinxed it because Bryce Martin Gretalonic started the inning with a hit, and then it's like, okay, they bring in the closer. We'll see if what USC can do. Strike out, strike out, and I'm like, oh we're going to the 10th, aren't we? And then there's two strikes. It's like, Oh, one strike away from extra innings. Carson Wells picks up a base hit. Then you've got Ethan Hedges first at bat of the day and kind of just the way baseball works. Like he ends up being the one to hit the walk-off, but I thought you jinxed us and I was really hungry that day. So extra innings would have, would have probably starved me. So I was glad that they were able to walk it off in the ninth.
0: I'm only trying to jinx you, if anybody, just to make sure you can't go get food. So there's no us in this, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, just felt it, you know? Trust me, Jack. Trust me. I've seen a game or two. Um, so USC now sits at 2-5 and five overall. Any key stats or any things that really stood out to you of where they're at right now?
1: I think it was – I think the momentum thing is is really big because it was rock bottom after Friday. They did not play very well, just never really got hits. They just could not touch Nick Brink, the starter, who was really, really good. He was at, as advertised as we talked about in the preview – and you look in, and it's like rock bottom, and now you're facing Sam Sturr. He, from Oregon State, struck out 12 in his Portland debut. They didn't let this, the shutout on Friday get to them as much as I think the first four losses of the season did. And they were able to chase Sir out of the game really early. Now, you mentioned they did blow the lead. But to be able to shake that off and pull themselves up by their bootstraps, get on their feet deliver the knockout blow, and then immediately come back and do the same thing early on on Sunday. They had a they had a moment there with two outs in the second inning where if they had stranded more runners, who knows what the momentum, they could have gone all the way down the drain from the walk-off, but they got the hit that they really hadn't gotten in the first five games, and then they just continued to hit the ball the rest of the day. Uh, got up by as many as, I think, seven runs, finished winning 10-3, uh, so just a, a big game on Sunday to be able to carry over the performance, and now you just look for them to do the same against Michigan, and as we get into the later games this week against the TCUs and the Texas A&Ms that are really, really good teams, I think USC does have some good momentum, so while the record may be 2-5, and five, I think the coaching staff and the players feel a lot more confident that, than that record would suggest, just based on the way that they've picked up those two wins since the 0-5 start.
0: Yeah, in that in that third inning, the big third inning, they scored five runs on Sunday. It kind of opens it up and kind of feels like it gives a relief of hey, you got to walk off win, but look how hard you had to fight for it, to say, okay, we can take advantage of another team's mistakes, another team giving us opportunities. And that's what they did in that that inning. They only had two hits in the inning and they scored five runs. You know, it was walk. They had a, a single hit by pitch. They had another hit by Carson Wells. So they got two runs off their two hits. The rest of the run scored without a hit. Now, that's partly because Portland had a big error that uh, allowed a run to score. But walk on a full count. Walk, Austin O'Vern. You know, Fielder's Choice, uh, run out at home, but then another run scores on a pass ball. So, you know, they they were able to continue to pile on even without the big hit in that. And that's something they got to do because when you play tough competition like they're going to do this week, you got to take advantage of any walks. You got to take advantage of any errors that the opposition gives you. You can't, you know, you can't look that gift force in the mouth and, you know, let those opportunities go by. You got to be able to take advantage. And that's something that they were able to do in that that inning. And that's something they haven't necessarily done a ton of. Now, partly is because they haven't walked a ton to put themselves in those situations where now there's multiple runners on base and you're stressing um, the opposition, putting the pitcher in the stretch. But even when they had, what were the numbers last week? I mean, after, I think it was after the, the LMU loss, they were something like hitting like I, I, I two of 29 or two of
1: 30 two of 29 something. 29
0: with runners in scoring position. Yeah. And then with runners on base, it was like four for 40 something or 49 or something. Like it was just, it's bad. It was under 70, not 700, not 300, not 170, under 70, 070 for both of those numbers after the LMU game. And against Portland, those numbers started turning around. So they started getting some big hits, some hits with people on base, and you know that's what you're going to need to put pressure on teams like Michigan, TCU, Texas. Now Michigan's going to come into the game. Let's go ahead and look forward to to what they're they're facing this week. Michigan comes in the game with a two and five record, just like USC. They played better competition than USC's has, I think. Now Western Michigan, they split a four game set with them out in Arizona. I saw a little bit of that out there. Uh, I think Western Michigan is going to be a team that will, they'll be in the top three probably in the MAC. So they're a solid team. They got some experience in the middle of their lineup. They they, they have a kid, uh, Kate Sullivan, who just broke the school record for home runs against Michigan down there. Um, but Michigan in that series, they lost the opener 14 13. I think that was a walk off, if I remember correctly, or a final inning or extra inning, something, something like that. They lost 11 9 the second game. So they're down 0 2. And they come back and win the last two games to even the series up. Then they go to they go to Globe Life last week and they or this weekend and they get beat by Oklahoma State, Oregon State, and Arkansas. And there's no shame in that. Those are three really good teams. They didn't play great against Oklahoma State. Oregon State's Bazana just went off against them. And then Arkansas exercising
1: some demons after a 17 strikeout performance by Arkansas starting pitcher on Friday.
0: And they were still in that game too Oregon State's gonna be really good this year. Bazan is he's a dude. hes, he's I had I got a chance saw to saw one of to the him. home
1: runs he hit and it was a ab- just obliterated.
0: Yeah, I think that someone said that uh, they started playing the natural music while the ball was still in the air. Yep. like that's mm-hmm. how Hardy hit the ball. Um, and he's such a fun kid to talk to. He's a bona fide superstar. I uh, got a chance to talk with him after he hit two home runs in Arizona in a game. So not bad for a leadoff hitter, just no. cranking out you know multiple home run games like that. But then Michigan plays against Arkansas on Sunday. They rally late in that game um but arkansas gets the final out they lose michigan loses by one run so michigan is a team that's growing they're taking you know they're a team that didn't have a ton of guys returning they're going to be solid contributors for them last season they were trying they didn't they, they came in late the coaching staff did and they were still trying to add depth talented depth similar to what usc was so they were really relying on a poor group of guys to kind of, you know, get them, especially on the mound. Um, Their their Friday guy, I remember I was at Rutgers and their Friday guy was struggling the first couple innings and they just yanked him immediately. I was like, that seems strange. You know, you guys don't have a ton of arms. He's like, exactly. We don't have a ton of arms. So we're going to try to bring him back later in the weekend on Sunday um, and say, you know, we'll treat this as a relief appearance. And then he'll come in on Sunday and hopefully we can get multiple innings out of him then because, we just don't have enough guys to let someone just sit out there and not be at their best. So that's how thin they were last year. They built, they've added some, some uh, pieces this year, but there's some young pieces. Tracy Smith will eventually get that program. It will be a a very good challenging program in the future for USC in the big 10, but not necessarily there yet. And I'm curious to see this will be their first midweek game. So I'm curious to see what do they have in the midweek arms because they were so thin last year. Now the guy I saw them pitch against Western Michigan was really good, but that was a weekend starter. I didn't get to see a whole game, so I didn't get to see their relievers and stuff. So that's something I'm I'm going to be curious about. And their team has been on the road. You know, they like I said, they played in Arizona the first weekend. They played in Texas this past weekend. Now they're coming to LA to play, you know, this entire week. I'm guessing this is their spring break trip because they're playing at USC on Tuesday, at LMU on Wednesday, and then at UCLA on Friday at Irvine on Saturday, finish up in Dodger stadium on Sunday um, before they finally get to go back home next week and play their first game. So it's going to be three weeks into the season before they play their first home game. So the exact opposite of a team like Arkansas, who they just played because Arkansas does not play a non-conference road game this season at all. They played three neutral site games last weekend at Globe Life and that's it. Everything else comes through Fayetteville, baby. Um, (laughs) But that's Michigan. Uh, I don't know if anything stands out to you from looking at their stat sheet or anything. If you've got a chance to check out any of their games, I don't know if any of them, it, it, the if you saw any of the Globe Life games or whatnot. I know you saw some of those highlights, but uh, they're a team that that will be in the middle of the pack in in the in the Big Ten probably. So this is a game USC needs to take care of business at home. I think.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's just interesting. You've got two, two, and five teams with different levels of momentum, I think. And, you know, Michigan has lost its last three games, but you're coming off of a competitive performance against Arkansas, which, you know, could have an argument to be the best team in the country. Uh, so we'll see if they can shake that one off, or maybe even get momentum from a game that is a loss, but that they played really well against a good team. And then you've got USC, who's also 2-5, and five, but coming off of its two wins. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how the momentum pushes back and forth between those two teams. But then Shotgun USC heads out to Texas for the weekend, and the first team that they play is a really, really good team. It's TCU, uh, right now ranked fifth in the country, but they're the highest-ranked undefeated team. And we could look up, if they roll through this, this upcoming week, you know, could have an argument to say they're the best team in the country. 7-0 and coming off of a sweep of UCLA. Tight games in the first two, a 4-3 win and then a 6-3 win, but then just run-ruled UCLA in the in the Sunday game, 13-3. Team is loaded with talent. It's got a lot of young talent, and they supplemented it with some big transfer portal pieces, a really good, good freshman class a lot of names to watch out for that one i've gotten to really dive into the roster peyton toley is a dog a finalist for the john Olerud uh two-way player of the year he's their friday starter and their cleanup hitter uh, and every other position they've got one or two guys at that they're willing to give shots to uh, anthony silva could go in the first round of the draft just up and down the lineup they have hit the ball all year they had a lot of close games including that opening series against florida gulf coast with some huge comebacks uh they really haven't, outside of the UCLA game, won too convincingly in any matchup, including like a 6-5 win over Texas State. So you look at the 7-0 record, it could be worse. But as of right now, they're the highest-ranked, undefeated team, and USC's got to play them twice over the weekend.
0: Yeah, this is a team that is building off of a trip to Omaha last year, uh, a team that I saw in the middle of the season last year at West Virginia, and I was like, this team's not going to make the NCAA tournament. And they just completely turned it around. And part of that is they basically – Said we're gonna run with our freshmen. We're gonna throw them out there, and they're, we're gonna roll with these guys. You know, we're not gonna trust uh, the veteran guys that aren't getting done. We're gonna go with the the youth, and that has paid off dividends for them. Um, guys like uh, Benabels, the lefty reliever, just comes around the corner is 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 a nightmare on any left-handed hitter. So that'll be an interesting matchup with someone like Austin Overn, uh, JT Walden, if he's in the lineup, those type of guys. Uh, he he'll come out of the pen. He'll be, he can go multiple innings for them. USC will most likely see uh, Tole. Is it Tole? Is it Peyton Tole or Peyton Tolle? So his
1: his uh his Twitter handle is Roly Tolly So I'm gonna I'm gonna just assume it's pronounced like Roly.
0: Okay. So um, Peyton Tolle, uh is is a Wichita State transfer, and you see there's Wichita tra- State transfers all over the place this year because their coaching staff left, and they're actually playing pretty well. Wichita State is with Brian Green, who came from Washington State, but. You just imagine if they kept other talent, it'd be interesting. That was a big time pickup for TCU. That was the biggest uh, of the pickup. Like you said, Friday starter, middle of the line of bat, can't, doesn't get much better than that. He hasn't been outstanding so far. He hasn't been bad. He's He's got big strikeout numbers, 16 strikeouts in eight innings, but he's given up six runs in those eight innings, given up 10 hits and he's walked seven. And the question has always been the walks with him. You know, he'll strike out guys, but he'll also run his pitch count way up. And that's why he's only thrown eight innings in two starts. Now he's been on a pitch count, so you know maybe is it probably ten innings if it's middle of the season. But still, if your Friday starter's is only giving you five innings, you want a little bit more out of it. You want that six. You want seven to get you into your bullpen and set you up better. But belt's the big the big guy of the of the bullpen. Uh, he's already got three saves for them. Like you mentioned, they they play close games. So USC will play them on Friday. And then they'll play them again on Sunday. So they'll more than likely face Zach Morris on Sunday there as well. Cole Clecker's their Saturday starter. He's pretty good. He he's, was a freshman last year and got thrown in the mix and you know w- was a guy that really carried them at times last year as well.
1: Yeah, the pitching hasn't really shown up for TCU yet. You know, you've know, you got a team 5.4 ERA. They've walked 31 so far. But as a team, Shunkin, do you know what TCU's team OPS is?
0: I'm going to say it's good.
1: It's 1.021. They are one dotting (laughs) as a team. They've got, I I believe it is four or five players above a one dot themselves. So they are killing the baseball. And, you know, we we think UCLA is going to have a bounce back year. And they swept them out in Fort Worth, including run ruling them on Sunday, which I don't think USC had one of those last year. And I'm not sure I knew you could run rule in college baseball
0: yes you can run rule if it's established beforehand uh, you now some conferences have run rules set up the wac is one of them where you know if it's 10 runs after 7 innings and part of that is if you're in a smaller conference you usually don't have the depth on the mound so it's just kind of saving arms so you don't get some ridiculous scores cuz New Mexico State would be playing some teams when Brian Green was there in particular and it'd be 32 to 5 or something like that and you're like let's just end this two innings early um and the coaches can agree on it like i was at Stanford and Penn State this past uh, this weekend and the first game they did not have a, an established run rule and the the game can't remember what the score ended up being. It was, you know, Penn State blew them out. The second game, Penn State blew them out again, but they had said, uh, they had told me afterwards, like, yeah, we're probably going to go with a run rule the rest of the weekend just because both teams are a little bit thin in the bullpen and they didn't want to be using a bunch of arms and get people's confidence down or anything like that um, for some freshmen. So on Saturday – uh, Penn State actually run-ruled Stanford again. so uh, Or they run-ruled them in that one because there was an established one. So the coaches can come to an agreement before a series or before a game and type stuff, uh, but there are a couple conferences due. Now, the SEC went to it last year, maybe two years ago, and that was kind of the big, like, whoa, the SEC's doing this. That's crazy. And so LSU had a couple last year, but it's just basically like the, the SEC figures, not a ton of teams are coming back when you're down – 13 to one in the seventh inning. So let's save. you know, that's all often when you can get some emotional things that happen hit by pitches and suddenly people are mad at each other and that, all that type of stuff. So they, they are occasionally in, in those tournaments type situations as well, because there's another game being played afterwards. Let's get, let's wrap this one up get it done. But back to their lineup, a uh, long diatribe there, but back to their lineup. Um, Peyton Chatigny is from a transfer from Ole Miss He's already got three homers for them. He's a big piece of it. Carson Bowen and Curtis Byrne both had some big games against UCLA in the middle of it. Uh, another transfer that we didn't even mention on the pitching side: is Ben Hampton from West Virginia is like it has started for four years, and he goes to TCU. He's not even in the weekend rotation right now, so we'll see if he, you know, if he stays where he's at right now, if he works his way in. So they went into the transfer portal and crushed it. They went and got big time pickups to add to a team. That wasn't losing a ton. Was we're losing a couple key pieces, but wasn't losing a ton for my college World Series team. So that that's a team that is when you watch them this weekend, you'll see a legit team that is a Omaha contender and a College World Series champion contender.
1: Yeah, it is a better team than USC. They're almost better at nearly every offensive spot. You know, with Austin Auvergne struggling too, that doesn't help USC. The question is going to be, TCU is a team that hasn't done, I don't think, the little things too well. You know, the pitching hasn't been great. Starting arms have all got ERAs over six. They hit the crap out of the ball. I mean, they've already hit 13 home runs, uh, 82 hits as a team, including 14 doubles. The question is going to be, if USC can play sound baseball, as Andy Sankwood said, they'll be in it. But you miss up to this team they're going to hit it out even at globe life stadium anyone in the lineup can ding you whether it's Chatinier, whether it's Tolley, whether it's one of the two catchers anthony silva is a you know an all american at shortstop just everyone up and down the lineup is is really crushing the cover off the ball right now. So USC's got to be careful. And then one game on Saturday, USC will face one of those SEC teams, and it's Texas A&M, another undefeated team. A little bit of a different story. You know, 7-0, but they've played McNeese. They've played UIW and then a three-game series against Wagner. So they're undefeated, but haven't really been tested yet. But there is equal top end talent on this texas a&m team you've got the stanford transfer braden montgomery who's really good and he's having another great season he's got three home runs uh, 11 hits so far in seven games and then jace lavalette had seven hits in the first uh week of the season five of them were homers to lead the country uh you've got more more talent up and down the lineup but those two are the ones that are really highlighting the offensive attack so far uh we'll see who USC gets on Saturday from Texas A&M, but this is another top 10 team. USC doesn't really get a break from TCU having to play Texas A&M who, you know, some, some teams have, or some sites have Texas A&M ranked over TCU. It's going to be a really tough weekend for USC. Uh, you got TCU twice and then this really good Texas A&M team on Saturday.
0: Yeah. And again, another team that really attacked the, both of these teams attacked the, uh, transfer portal really well. Um, Lavallette's one of the best players in the country, could be a National player, the, uh, player of the Year contender. He's hitting 385 right now. He's got five homers, 15 RBIs already. Now, again, like you said, they haven't played a ton of competition. Ali Camarillo, shortstop, came over from CSUN, so someone USC has seen before. But these are the type of uh, transfers they picked up. Uh, Jackson Appel, I really like him. Catcher from Penn, I've seen him a couple times. He's catching for them. So they go into the transfer portal. And I've been able to pick up these big-time. Pickups, but also when you have someone the level up from the high school ranks, you have Gavin Grohovic, who's from uh, the SoCal area, is a you know is a freshman there who's hitting 409 right now. Like he's, I, th- I think he was my freshman of the year pick uh, for D1 baseball. So they've got talent upon talent, but everyone can be beat. It's just about how you play. And like you said, they haven't played anyone yet, so. It'll be the first time they're getting some real competition, playing against Arizona State, playing against USC. Uh TCU is actually in their, their Pac-12 stretch. Yeah, you know, had three games against UCLA. They swept them this past week. This midweek, they'll play Washington State and Arizona, and then they'll play USC and Arizona State this past week or this upcoming weekend. So, uh, But definitely a huge weekend. True road games for USC. Globe Life is right down the street. 20 minutes away, 25, 30 minutes away from Fort Worth. TCU has been having phenomenal crowds so far this season. The atmosphere was electric against UCLA when they were hosting this past weekend. Texas A&M will come up. It's a little bit further away, but they will definitely bring their fans to come up to Globe Life. They love uh, playing in Dallas as well.
1: Yeah. And TCU actually has experience there. The big 12 championship and tournament was at Globe Life last year. TCU won it. So, you know, extra familiarity for tcu for a team that's already you know 20 30 minutes away
0: yeah and both of these teams have played in, in one of these globe live tournaments before the, the globe live tournament started out as basically one weekend and now it's, it's expanded to about four um you can watch these games i think these games are going to be telecast on d1 baseball as well um so plug there make sure if you want to watch it you can check us out get your subscription all that type stuff what, what's that what are you nodding your head for over there jack
1: or you could listen to the radio. I will be there calling uh, all three of USC's games on the radio. So,
0: well, you got to get the video feed too. So, you know, mute the video feed, listen to Jack, you know, hopefully it syncs up correctly and you know, you have a great time watching the Trojans play against some really good competition.
1: Yeah, it'll be a good one. Uh really tough week for USC. I, I would say Michigan is easily the easiest game they'll play, but it's also, you know, this is a Michigan's a team that wants to get off the schneid themselves and it's a team USC will face in the Big 10. So, uh, another not a there is adversity, but it's more USC needs to get comfortable. They've got the game at LMU, which is their first time playing there as a home game, uh, and then a trip to Texas where this is kind of really what you see, where you see what the fabric of this team is like, and uh, I'm excited to see whether they can continue the momentum that they picked up over the weekend with what is a really nice series win against Portland. I saw some you know, people were asking me on Twitter, how does USC lose to a program like GCU, or how is USC getting shut out by Portland? It's like, Baseball is different than other sports. Just because the school is small doesn't mean they're not good at athletics. And I, I said it to the person on Twitter. If, you know, they lost to GCU, it's not, not the worst thing in the world because GCU is so good of a program that they hired the man who built it to what it is right now to run their program. So, you know, don't just read the name of the school and say, oh, that school's small. USC should win because the, the series over Portland is going to be a well-regarded one at the end of the season, I think.
0: Yeah, I think they'll, they'll do well in the WCC. Uh, Santa Clara is going to be a beast in that conference. I saw them again this weekend. They won with a walk-off Grand Slam. Um, I'll be writing about that kid for D1 Baseball this week, John John Baring. Great talk with him. One quick thing on uh, Michigan, keep an eye on Jonathan Kim, their center fielder. He's their three-hole hitter. He's he's a dude for him. He'll be a, a top-five-round draft pick, more than likely. Uh, and then they also have a two-way guy, and USC won't see him pitch, but Mitch Voigt is a weekend rotation arm for them and also plays first base for them. So uh, another two-way guy. I love two-way guys. It's, college coaches love two-way guys because that's basically a free scholarship. You, know, you get two players for the price of one, uh, which is so rare when you have only 11.7 scholarships. But that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Dato Download Podcast, part of the Peristyle Podcast family. It's a jumbled week. Jack is going to Texas. I will actually be home. I just got home and I immediately took a nap and then woke up and was like, "All right, let's do a podcast." Uh, but uh, so we're jamming everything in. So we're gonna wrap this one up pretty tight. I'm your host, Shotgun Sprout, and saying thank you to everyone. Um, oh, I forgot, Jack. I got to get it in real quick. We did email. have a we did have an email. Didn't want to leave this out. Trojan Kevin said, since both of you pitched who was the best batter you ever faced in your life could be a teammate travel ball high school college or little league opponent and how did you do
1: uh I can start on that one um I think the best hitter I ever or best hitter I ever faced was uh, Nick York who played at my high school um, he ended up going in the first round to the Boston Red Sox in his you know rookie year in minor league ball won Red sox minor league hitter of the year he's bounced around I think he's in A right now but one of the top Red Sox prospects. I faced him one time in tryouts. I believe I got him out and then I gave up a home run to the next dude. So uh, <laughs> who I think is playing college baseball as well. Arthur Soto, if, if he's watching, he had a home run. I want to say he was at Monterey, um, which I think they were moving up division. So I'm not exactly sure where they ended up, but I would say Nick York.
0: And you faced uh, all the York brothers with uh, Zach York being the Grand Canyon. And... I'm not sure if I
1: faced all of them, but I was on the field with them. No, uh, and then
0: Joe York, who's at, Joe uh, at, at Cal, Cal Poly. Poly.
1: And then yeah. Zach, who USC faced with GCU.
0: Talented team there, uh, or talented family there. Uh, mine is uh, similar, family, brothers, uh, the Owings brothers. So Micah Owings, if you remember him, former major leaguer. I did not face him at, uh, pitching against him. I faced him as a hitter, and I got out. I think I grounded out to short or something, uh, which was an accomplishment that I put the ball in play because, you know, he was throwing 995, And that was very rare at that time, especially in high school in our area. But his little brother, John Mark Owings was also a big time prospect and was in the Braves organization, top 10 round pick. And actually, unfortunately lacerated his spleen um, or liver with a wall collision really wasn't the same after that, but he was the better hitter in my mind. And I faced him, um, and I got him out once and walked him once. Um, and then the third time I faced him, I think it was, I can't remember if it was me or the other, another pitcher, but you know, it was me. Cause he, he I threw one. It was way outside. There's no way. He's, and he still yanks it for a double into the gap. And I was like, uh, and later in the game, I was on first base playing first base. And I, I talked to him and I'm like, how the hell did you hit that? Like, that's not even, wasn't even, might not even been the, the, inside the left-handed batter's box, and he still just yanked the shit out of it. So, yeah, that was my uh, experience with, with uh, the Owings brothers. They were really very re- very good players, very good athletes. They were both uh, multi-sport athletes at Gainesville High School and now are doing things where they have a running uh, hitting facility or something, I believe, in, in the area as well. So um, shout-out to them. They've been really good. Mike Owings, if you remember, was one of the best hitting pitchers in the major leagues for a long time. Remember, pitch hit several times when pitchers still used to hit. Bring it back, baby. Bring it back.
1: I don't remember that, but I'm <laughs> sure people do.
0: Oh, he was he was they literally would, they would send him off to pinch hit. you know. So that's how good he was as a as a pinch hitter. He dropped bombs. Uh, he had. To I, grew up, I grew up. I grew up with Madison
1: Baumgartner doing that. So
0: yeah, he, he got lucky every once in a while. Anyways, that's gonna do it. I'm your host, Shotgun and saying thank you to everyone who submitted a email. Thanks, Trojan Kevin, everyone who's listening. Thanks so much to Annie Stankiewicz for taking the time to join us. And thanks to my co-host, Jack Smith, who will be on the call out at Globe Live. So make sure that you're tuning in the radio there while you're subscribed to D1 to watch the, the screen. Also, please like, share, subscribe, and leave us a review on your podcast listening platform. Hope you guys can join us for the next episode of the Dato Download Podcast.